this episode of The Interface, I speak with Brian Engel, Business Development Manager for Amphenol Advanced Sensors. Brian has been with Amphenol since 2014. We mainly talk about his exciting work in the electric vehicle market, where he explains the differences and challenges posed by electrically powering vehicles versus powering them with an internal combustion engine. We talk about how this shift radically changes the types of products Amphenol can provide. We talk about the thrill of working on new technology that will change the way society as a whole moves from place to place as potential becomes reality. And we chat about tinkering with his own cars before discussing his Desert Island album, book, and movie. This is The Interface. What is this, take four, take five now? I, I, I can't remember. Whatever take it is. <laughs> but again, thank you for uh, deciding to do this today, Brian. I appreciate it. I know that you are in the middle of some very exciting technology right now from the sensor side of things, especially when it comes to electric vehicles and all of the new developments that I'm sure even just the regular person checking the news every now and then can see that uh, electric vehicles are becoming more and more part of our daily lives. So tell me a little bit about what you do and, and what you're most excited about in your current role as business development manager. Well, in, uh, in my role as a BDM for the advanced sensors business, uh, I work uh, in close conjunction with our um, customer base. Uh, I work closely with our account management team and our engineering staff uh, to uh, explore new opportunities uh, to develop new technologies and fulfill uh, customers' uh, new requirements as they move from uh, the internal combustion engine age into the age of electrons. I want to stay with that for just a second. Uh, you talk about moving from the, the combustion age to the age of electrons. Just explain to people, which really means me, what that really means, like why that's such a huge deal to go from a combustion engine, which you know you, we power with you know, gasoline, let's just use that for just for simplistic purposes, which powers this engine, but with electric, you need batteries. And, and why is it so radically different? And why is it taken so long um, to get to electric vehicles that are similar to or better than combustion engine vehicles? Well, uh, it's taken a while to get the energy density and the cost point for uh, lithium ion battery technology uh, to get to the point where it's very cost competitive now with uh, uh, combustion engine designs. Many of the more recent uh, developments in regulatory practice with regard to CO2 emissions and obviously as uh, uh, various uh, governments uh, strive to uh, combat climate change, they struggle with combustion engine technology to meet those uh, ever more aggressive targets uh, for low emissions vehicles. And that has added a lot of cost to the base ICE technology. And now we're at a crossover point where battery technology is quite, quite affordable relative to its uh, uh, internal combustion engine competition. And uh, so it's good for the environment and it's actually good for performance as uh, uh, I think uh, our, our own president recently uh, let slip the performance figures for the new uh, uh, F series being uh, uh, quite a, uh, a radical departure from your conventional truck. Right. And uh, Ford's getting it with the work that they're doing on the F, F series where the uh, electric F series is actually gonna be less expensive than its combustion engine counterpart. What does that mean for a interconnect company like us? How does that change the way that we then go uh, and sell to the automotive market when we move from, you know, vehicles that are for the most part powered by combustion engines versus now electric batteries? How does that change the interconnects well, and the sensors that we 
uh, provide to them? Well, it changes dramatically. So on the connection side, obviously you're running with a high voltage system. Um, so a lot of our uh, high voltage connection systems busing technologies are much needed in this industry and much in demand. Um, a lot of these uh, technologies also require a lot of flex circuits for sensing and measuring everything from current and voltage at the battery cell to temperature, uh, as well as communications, uh, interbus communications uh, within the battery pack and uh, in the motor and inverters. So um, there's a broad space for application for amphenol technology across everything from connectors and cabling to motors and inverters to even the sensor platforms, which you know, historically, uh, automobiles have had a lot of sensor content anyway, um, but now uh, with uh, the electrification of the vehicles, there's new sensors required. And uh, one of those uh, sensor technologies that we're uh, working on right now in close conjunction with a number of government institutions as well as OEMs and battery makers is uh, part of our Red TR platform, a robust early detection of thermal runaway. So tell us about Red TR. What is that all about then? Because I know that you've been pretty excited about it and had some calls just recently about it, talking to people online on different virtual events. So go ahead, give us give us the spiel here. What is this all about? Okay, well, Red TR is actually a platform of gas sensors um, that are a combined effort from our Amphenol SGX team and our Amphenol Thermometrics uh, tail air team. We're basically uh, dealing with one of the critical issues in lithium ion battery technology today, which is uh, an event called thermal runaway. Well, although um, much less likely to occur than uh, with uh, combustion engine vehicles, um, there are events that can contribute to internal short circuits or failures of lithium ion battery that can then result in the release of hazardous inflammable gases and fire. Uh, so basically, as this uh, technology with electrification has evolved in both stationary and mobile application spaces, the technology is getting out ahead of the regulations. Uh, regulatory practice really isn't the framework for um, detection of this event is really only present in China today. Mm. Um, and technology uh, wasn't clearly identified in the first uh, work that uh, the Chinese government did back in January 1 of this year. Um, but the uh, objective of the technology is basically if you have a failure event uh, within a single cell, within a large uh, format pack, uh, you need to be able to detect that right away and uh, bring the vehicle to a safe condition and monitor that system uh, to make sure that it doesn't cascade to the rest of the pack. And those of you who may have seen the occasional YouTube video of the electric vehicle catching fire after an incident, um, those are the types of issues that uh, we're, we're learning about, we're learning how to detect. And, uh, you know, in future, we even have plans of, uh, uh, developing technology that can help avoid thermal runaway. How does this translate into just physical products that we make at Amphenol then? Well, we're leveraging the joint work of the SGX and GMT teams to uh, stand up uh, a couple of gas sensors um, that are critical in the detection of this thermal runaway event. So when a battery undergoes severe stress, it'll generate um, internal temperatures and gases um, that will evolve and basically create pressure in the cell and in order to alleviate that, the cell will then release those gases through a venting event. And basically, we use a combination of gas sensors, primarily hydrogen and carbon dioxide sensors, to detect that initial venting event within seconds of it happening. And therefore, uh, with that technology, we can uh, basically provide that information directly to the battery management system to provide countermeasures to prevent that event from cascading to adjacent cells throughout the pack, as well as alerting the operator that there is an issue with the battery pack. I haven't done this much science. I thought about this much science since probably high school, 
So I apologize <laughs> if I really sound like, I know sometimes I'll say, explain to me like I'm an eight-year-old. This time I actually mean it when I'm talking through this stuff. So if you are listening to my some of my questions and going, man, what is he, does he not know anything? Probably not. Probably not, but that's okay. Thank you for putting up with me. What do you like most that's about okay. this, though? Let me just get out of the technical side of it here and just get to more of the personal side. What excites you the most about working with electric vehicles and this new technology? Is it the fact that you're on the cutting edge of something that you could see exploding in the next few years? Do you just like the the challenge well, of it? I use the term exploding. But, uh, okay. Uh, certainly, Fair enough. Uh, Fair enough. Growth pun, pun intended. Within there. the industry, I think is is it, it's an exciting uh, uh, point in time to be an infinolian. Uh, you know, we are literally on the cutting edge, working with advanced research organizations globally, uh, the U.S. Department of Energy, NASA, uh, battery makers, OEMs, uh, to develop the technologies that we're using to support uh, this particular effort in electrification of both stationary and mobile uh, uh, environments. And uh, so we get to engage with customers that range from, you know, uh, uh, passenger car vehicles to bus and truck makers to uh, someone putting uh, uh, large scale batteries in a marine application or even in a power grid application. So um, it's substantially expanded the client base that we're working with. The fact that um, Amphenol can educate and inform due to a lot of the research work that we've done and the, the networks, the connections that we've generated as a direct result of our own efforts, really helps bring to bear, I think, the best resources available to uh, support uh, a safe environment for the deployment of the battery technologies. And uh, so it uh, it's pretty exciting time to be in the business development world because not only am I working with a great team inside Amphenol on both the commercial and the technical side, uh, that's high energy and, and definitely poised for a lot of growth. Um, but we have customers who are learning from us. So we have the opportunity to teach and educate. And uh, and that's a exciting place to be as an employee. You know, as someone in business development like yourself, it's not often in your career, I should say, where you get a chance to be a part of something that is a, a new revolutionary technology. You get one or two of these maybe in your entire career. And you're in the middle of one right now, which has got to be exciting for you. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And and the fact that it's transportation, we're looking at large scale grid storage, photovoltaic and wind energy using battery storage systems to buffer the grid. Um, a lot of the new grid uh, energy uh, transfer uh, systems are using uh, large scale batteries uh, because it's far cheaper than to upgrade full 13 and a half kVA lines to provide regional level um, uh, peak shaving through the use of these energy storage devices, as well as in many, many other industries where um, the lithium ion battery and the energy level that's available and uh, the future that it promises is a pretty exciting place to be. Okay, the combustion engine, um, it's been around a hundred years and it's starting to reach the end of its technology curve. And we're only in the first decade of technology development around these high energy density, high power density storage system. Um, you know, the 20th century was the age of the heat engine and the 21st uh, uh, century is really going to be the age of the electron engine. You punctuated the point that I think I was trying, I think I was trying to make where, you know, you're lucky in that you get in on the ground floor of this and you get to make a difference. Whereas when you're in, 
And oftentimes when you're in a business development role, uh, a lot of it could be iterative. I iterative. Um, you're just advancing something that's existing. Um, a program needs an upgrade, an update, uh, and, and you help get products that will help it get to the next level. This isn't even that. This isn't necessarily breaking new ground. It's creating new ground. It's creating new ground that is yet yet to be broken. And that's got to be pretty exciting for you. How did how did you get into this? How did you first get into this electric vehicle piece and get excited about it? Well, um, the uh, uh, team has actually been engaged with the uh, use of lithium ion batteries since uh, the beginning of their uh, application in the transportation industry. So we, uh, we were um, uh, engaged with a lot of the early adopters in this field, uh, providing them primarily battery temp sensors, as well as um, heat pump, heat exchange uh, sensors um, for use on vehicle. And uh, as we uh, uh, engaged with sensors, became more knowledgeable, uh, our relationships got much deeper with a lot of the battery manufacturers, and that allowed us to stand up our own cell connection systems. Um, you know, the sensor business as a part of our portfolio is one of the largest providers of something we call a cell connection system um, within the battery industry in the world. So uh, it's kind of a non-conventional place for a sensor supplier to be, but in large part, it was due to the fact that we had a highly educated team um, that was very, very much engaged with the industry from the very early stages. You know, we, we are able to work very closely with the chief technical officers of many of the major battery manufacturers. Uh, we have a regular dialogue with the top leadership and the top thinkers in this field, as well as those who are trying to develop the next generation technology. So it is a pretty exciting place to be. And certainly we couldn't do that if we didn't have the support of the entire team. So as we approach a, a number of these customers, as they make this um, fairly massive uh, industrial transformation, you know, we deploy the full portfolio of Amphenol to support them. So all of our in, uh, businesses become engaged from our communications connectors to our cabling and our busing. And uh, sorry about that, through our, uh, our business development team, uh, we're able to uh, allow the use of um, a lot of the portfolio to join forces between the groups and really, uh, I, I'd say punch above our weight mm. in terms of the scale that we can operate at, where in the past we might've had say 30 or $40 of content on a typical passenger car. You know, now we're approaching thousands of dollars per con per vehicle in content. And, uh, and that is a, you know, a substantial shift, not only for our company, but for the industry, really positioning Amphenol as a leading supplier into this industry and not just in transportation and many of the other electrified industries that are going to use batteries moving forward. So, and I'll just give you a kind of a, a, a roundup. If we look at how long it took the, um, the light duty uh, passenger car um, industry to achieve hundred million vehicles a year, you know, it's a hundred years to get to hundred million vehicles a year. We are literally talking about in the next 10 to 15 years, converting that entire fleet to 100 million electric vehicles a year. And that's also going to follow with heavy duty applications, um, everything from your buses and your um, delivery trucks, all the way up to class eight long haul trucks and mining equipment and other uh, industrial scale devices that used to run engines that are now going to run on electron based engine technology. So this is the tip of the iceberg for you guys. Yeah, we're at the very beginning stages, so it is a very exciting place to be for us. Uh, and we're, we're very excited to be deeply engaged uh, with not only the industry, but some of the leading thinkers in the field. So being able to 
uh, talk to the team at NASA about the work that they're doing on batteries, talking to the team at the uh, U.S. Department of Energy or Joint Research Center in Brussels, or even Tsinghao University or Beijing Institute of Technology in China, um, or some of the leading battery manufacturers about what comes next and what they need next is really a great position to be in because rarely with a, within a typical conventional sensor portfolio do you have some massive technology change over such a short period of time where the demand is high and the, uh, and the challenges are pretty big uh, to make this pivot and make basically our development cycles incredibly short with the scale factors being uh, incredibly high. You know, normally we'd launch a new technology and we might be on, you know, a few thousand vehicles or even a few hundred thousand vehicles, but we're literally talking about the scale in a couple of years of going from a thousand vehicles this year to several million mm. in the next few years. And uh, so it's going to pose some new challenges for Amphenol, but I think our team is ready to support it. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly exciting. And being on the cusp of something this huge has got to be just you must be licking your chops, so to speak, and just wanting to get, you know, into as many of these opportunities as possible. So let me, I'll shift gears a little bit, uh, that another pun intended, you know, as this market explodes, also pun intended and good catch, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, I catch you in, you're in Florida right now. I don't think you're from there though, are you? You, you weren't born and raised in Florida, were you? No, I spent 25 years in Michigan in the transportation industry. So uh, I'm uh, working from Florida, COVID, but uh, generally the role would, uh, uh, pre-COVID, yeah. have me in front of customers or at uh, our facilities, you know, at a maybe an 85 or 90% travel rate. So, yeah, you know, wow. in order to do the job effectively, we really have to be problem solving behind the curtain and in front of the curtain, so to speak. Okay, so where where were you born and raised? Uh, believe it or not, uh, I was born in uh, Illinois, New York, and uh, oh. I spent quite a bit of my youth in uh, Indiana. Um, going to school there before I started in history, and then uh, finishing my advanced degrees at uh, in uh, in Michigan. And then you got so you got into the automotive industry right away. Then was it just a matter of hey, that was the job that was available, or were you actually you wanted to get into the automotive industry? Oh, no, I, I have a passion for, uh, for automobiles. Uh, was that always my, that way my, when you were young, too? All, always, always. Yeah. I was uh, born and raised on a farm, so uh, had a, a little bit of mechanical aptitude from that. But, uh, you know, just have passion for uh, automobiles and automobile technology. And uh, so, uh, you know, when I'm not working on this uh, highly advanced uh, electrification technology uh, stuffed in my garage, I have a couple of uh, projects uh, I, my wife has a, a pink 1965 Mustang, mm. and uh, I have a, a 1960 bird I'm currently working to restore and, uh, let's just say, substantially improve the drivetrain for much better emissions than it had when it was launched. Yeah, you, you and these combustion engines, I'm a little disappointed here. Uh, <laughs> do, do you have an electric <laughs> vehicle yet? Um, I have previous driven a, 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 a Chevy Volt, um, and uh, I am looking forward to a purchase of an electric vehicle here very soon. What are some of the electric vehicles that excite you when you see them out on the road? Oh, my gosh. I, I think everybody knows Tesla. Sure. So it almost without saying that Tesla has dominated this industry and really set some benchmarks for the rest of the industry to chase. Ford's release of the new electric F-Series is very exciting because 
it's going to uh, mean that, you know, there's going to be a substantial transition where many people who would never have considered electric vehicles as anything other than a luxury for those who wanted to think of themselves as green now have this, uh, this challenge because they have a vehicle that's going to outperform in every way its internal combustion counterpart. And, uh, and how can you possibly look at your conventional combustion engine truck to, tomorrow and say, gosh, I wish I could power my home for four days straight off the battery pack, Ken with F series. So it's pretty exciting to see what Ford's doing. Rivian is doing some amazing things. That 800 horsepower launch vehicle. They're multiple motors. Uh, they got a four motor system that's just amazing. That design team was stood up and they created a company from nothing um, in very short order and have really just developed some incredible product. Uh, Lordstown Motors is incredibly promising in the U.S. And then when we go across to other countries, the Chinese automakers have very quickly closed the quality gap. They're producing some amazing vehicles. The traditional European suppliers have quickly made the pivot. You know, Volkswagen and others have made some pretty remarkable product in the passenger car space that you would never have thought 10 years ago they were interested in, much less capable of providing something that has the capabilities that the uh, products like the ID4 have today, where it out accelerates some of their turbo special versions in its base model. You know, it's a more exciting car to drive with more capability than what these customers have ever experienced. So it is a pretty uh, exciting place to be. Yeah, it's, but you still see people that are going to cling for quite some time to the combustion engine just because there's something romantic about it, right? It's the, it's the <laughs> same thing to say, you know, when I was talking to Jeff Fortin last week about vinyl records versus being able to stream everything you can imagine. You have 100 million songs in, in, the, in, the, in your pocket you know, with an iPhone or some sort of an Android with a streaming service connected to Spotify or Apple Music versus getting a little vinyl record and putting it on a, a nice turntable with some speakers. This is, I don't want to say it's apples to apples, that comparison, but to go from a combustion engine where there's, you know, all these different moving parts and, and maintenance that has to be done with it and you're you're using a, a fossil fuel versus a battery-powered electric vehicle that, to your point, the, the uh, performance out of these things is becoming unreal and it's blowing combustion engine vehicles away. You could see where that's still a struggle though, can't you? Well, you know, I, I'll say this, um, you know, as a, uh, as a Mustang fanatic, you know, uh, I, I can say that um, it's great to hold on to history. You know, there are uh, some pretty amazing cars that have been developed in the history of the automobile industry. Some pretty novel technologies have been, been deployed. But I think the general consumer is going to find that electric vehicles are safer, they're much more durable, and um, and their resale value is going to be much higher than their historic vehicles have been. So basically, one of the things that we see is that uh, you know electrifying these vehicles provides so many features that were never available with combustion engine technology, and I think this attracts many not just new new customers, but when you can have uh, someone who's owned you know, a, a, a GM or a Ford truck for their entire life. And suddenly they see these capabilities that have heretofore never been available on their truck. I think they're going to be attracted to the feature set. It's not just a shift in technology for the sake of the environment, but to the individual consumer, the difference is basically you have more vehicle or you have more product for what you're spending. It's got more capability. It's going to last longer. 
It's going to have a higher reliability. Many of these electric motors that are used in the light duty applications and light trucks have a million miles of capability. You can't say that about the drivetrain of a combustion engine vehicle. And even in heavy duty applications, we're seeing um, a lot of these development units, the test prototypes that Argonne National Lab and others are using have remarkable uh, performance capabilities that were heretofore not available in a combustion engine based vehicle. Um, the power and the torque are there. Um, the battery lifetimes are getting, uh, you know, a bit longer. They're well over 100,000 miles now. And I'll just give you an example. You know, your conventional ICE vehicle, you'd be changing brakes every 40 or 50,000 miles under the best of conditions. A typical Tesla Model S or first brake change is typically going to be well over 100,000 miles because you use regen braking. And regen braking means your friction brakes work much less. So you have a much more efficient vehicle. And that efficiency translates in many more new abilities that didn't exist before. You've sold me. I guess that's that's what I'm going to do. My next vehicle, I'm going to have to get an electric vehicle. I think I'm now sold. So I was just going to say it's a very exciting time to work at Amphenol. That's great. No, that's and that's what we want. So you consider yourself very lucky that you're you know able to do that and and get in on this uh, ground floor of this technology. So when you're not doing that, though, I know you're uh, you're in Florida right now. But what do you like to do besides fix you and your wife's cars? Is there anything else you like to do in your free time? <laughs> oh, well, I haven't had a lot of free time lately with the work yeah. we've been doing in the education world. So uh, I think uh, I settle for a couple of hours, uh, a few nights a week in the garage is, is uh, more than enough to make me happy. And, you know, uh, other than that, uh, you know, it's uh, it's just uh, keeping, the, keeping the machine going here at Amphenol and uh, supporting these many new customers that we have uh, in the past uh, several months uh, you know, that's uh, that's a considerable amount of my time, but I enjoy it. So we'll end on this then. While you're in Florida and close to maybe a, a deserted island somewhere along there, if I stuck you, <laughs> stuck you on a, a desert island by yourself and allowed you to bring one album, one book, and one movie with you, I'll start with an album. What album would you bring with you, Brian? Pressure's album. on. Mm. Yes. That's an awkward question for me. I have a pretty diverse uh, uh, music. Oh, I'm already intrigued. <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest with you, on the music side. How about an artist? I'll settle for maybe an a little weird. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. A, a little Frank Sinatra is a little. You know, just a, a okay. little mellow Frank Sinatra. Uh, oh. Believe it or not, uh, a little Dick Van Dyke. Uh, I kind of like the musical work that he's done over the years. Uh, but, you know, I might just as e easily have uh, Metallica or uh, uh, Journey or something like that. Something from my... <laughs> uh, okay, so you do run the gamut, for sure. Yes, yeah. And it would depend on what I'm doing. If I'm out running, then it's probably going to be more like Metallica. All right, so maybe this will help <laughs> then. If you're sitting on the beach and just having the, the waves, uh, you know, just kind of lapping up over your feet. You know, a little Bob Marley or something like that in the background if you're going to be on the beach. Okay. That's that's, that's sorry. Okay, so we'll go with that then. Um, how about a book? Book? Um, like my biographies. Um, I uh, recently uh, uh, read a, a very good uh, biography about Washington, but probably if I wasn't given any other choice than uh, Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin. Biography of Ben Franklin. That's a great one. Yeah, that would be great. How about movie then, finally, with that? What would the movie be? Movie, that's a tough one. 
I, I don't have much for you there. I would say, uh, you know, push comes to shove, maybe the whole Avengers set or, uh, or, <laughs> or get me, or just get me, give me Disney plus and I'd be happy. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. So we'll say, we'll just go with the Avengers. Then. I, How's that? That would be fine. Okay. Well, very good. Well, listen, Brian, I, I thank you for taking the time to join me today and educate me because I certainly need it on electric vehicles or just vehicles in general. It was, it was great talking to you, and I thank you for doing this today. Well, thank you very much. 